0: I want you to give him the best Easter hand clap your body will allow you to do. Hallelujah. 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 He's worthy of the praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord, oh, my soul, and all that is within me. Aren't you glad to be alive and breathing right now? my goodness alive. It is wonderful to be in the Lord's house and it's great to see all of you. It's great to have everybody uh, that's maybe not here somewhere that's watching us online. We always welcome you and I just want to um, give honor where honor is due before we get into this message and that is yesterday our street ministry team Touched over a hundred homes yesterday, a hundred different people. And I want you to give them a great big hand. A hundred seeds. You can plant a hundred seeds on a Saturday. That's a good Saturday right there. And we thank God for that. And all those people are prayed over too. Um, And you know what? It's funny. Every one of them were outside the four walls of the building. And um, that's where it is. I also want to give. credit twice today i did last sunday night i had to speak at gibson uh uh ph church and the praise team was part of that praise team band and whoever else came man i'm gonna tell you we had church but the praise team sounded like the brooklyn tabernacle choir or something it was crazy and i just want you to give these people a great big hand and I huh, they did it today too. It's it's good. You know, it, it we got about seventy five people or something like that 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 meet us about nine fifteen and we meet to pray for just a minute, but that's why everything always all things work together for good. That's what the Bible tells us in Romans. And when you do things the right way, you season everything with prayer. And we're just we're glad for that. And there there is one thing I, I need the Lord impress me to, to, to stress this today um, on the 17th i believe it is of next month we are a host site for a simulcast it's going to be live it's called marriage night one of the greatest misconceptions that i have heard and read that people have it's not just for people that are married it, because you have a relationship with Everybody, there's things you can pick up. And listen, there's a meal involved, and I think the cost is $15 a couple, I think. Uh, it, it's real good. And you can sign up through the app, the website. If you're visiting with us, we we don't know who's going to come. We had a church asking, did they, we still have room from from a great distance. So you don't want to miss this. And if you have kind of drug your feet and wondered about it, don't do that no more. Okay? Don't do that. Just just do it. Just sign up. Do it on the app. And uh, a lot of you have been doing the pictures on the way in. So on the way out, if you haven't had an opportunity or you didn't know what it was for, uh, just grab somebody's phone. Uh, call somebody in Russia and then give it a note. Grab somebody's phone. Take a picture or get them to take a picture with your phone. Uh, Easter, post it, share it. Uh, it, it It might do more than you think. It's not just about pretty pictures. It's about letting people know you had your priorities in order this morning. Amen. Amen. Yes, you did. You came to God's house, and every one of you are beautiful, and I love you, and I thank God for you. And I, I, you know, a month ago, the Lord said, I want you to tell the people on Easter Sunday that it's time for resurrection. And... Then God began to deal with me about that. So I'm going to start out and I'm going to ask you to say that with me. It's time for resurrection. All right? It sure is. That was a warm up. This is for, this is for the real deal right now. Let's do it again. It's time for resurrection. In, in this sanctuary right now, and people watching it online, Everybody in here has been affected by the grave. We had a service this week back to the graveyard. Everybody here, you are either sadly, bitterly, or maybe you rejoice because someone will suffer. Everybody here, you were familiar with the grave. And the grave uh, is a bad thing. A lot of times it is especially to the people that don't know Jesus, the the grave is a bad thing. And everybody else in this place is also affected, even right now, by the grave because not a corpse or someone who is no longer living, but every one of us here today, we have things that have died, that's been buried, and either... We buried them, or we allowed somebody else to bury them. Things like broken dreams, emotional setbacks, um, sicknesses, relationships that's just that they have not worked, they will not work. and so we've buried them. Maybe even something like a business opportunity. And you just you just allowed it to, to be buried you allowed it to go to the grave and I could I could really just sit here for a while and just name all kinds of things Uh, even prayers you quit praying because you just didn't see it you you thought it was going to work but 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 it's not there and so you found it and its location now is in the grave God laid uh, something on your heart to do for him and because of fear you didn't do it and now it's in the grave and it's been hung up there since that time since you first knew about it since you first dreamed about it since you first talked about it since you first invested in it it's been right there in the grave it's dead and it's buried and, and let me tell you something this is a great deception of satan Can everybody hear me? This is a great deception of Satan. Because Satan's job is to, and you can say it before I do, his job is to steal, to kill, and what else? Destroy. He's only doing what we've been given a heads up that he's going to do. And so he's destroyed that for you. He's put it in the ground and told you that's where it is. And the best you can do is either start crying about it when you think about it or, or get upset or, or one of the most common things we all do is we just say, well, I'm just going to block it out of my mind. I'm ignoring it and I'm going on. It's dead. It's in the grave. And so Satan has really successfully, he's brought pain in so many ways into our lives. And he's, he's taken that pain He doesn't do what Jesus does. He doesn't trade our sorrows for joy. Oh, no. He gives you pain, and he keeps it at a place that's marked with mourning and with disappointment, grief, and tears, and heartache on an ongoing basis. And that's what he'll do until the day you and I die. He is the author of confusion. He's always stealing. He's always killing. He's always destroying. If he can't do it with flesh, he'll do it with something else that's dear to you or dear to God. And he will write it until he knows that it's in there, it's locked away, and the door shut and it's sealed. We find this happening all the way back to... Early days of the, the Old Testament, the beginning of time, and two famous people that even non believers know about, Abraham and Sarah, they're very familiar with what I'm saying today in 2019 because they had already bought the lie based on their age and their, hear me folks, their physical condition that they would not bear children. But God, say that with me, but God. See, but God had already said, yes, you will. In fact, you're going to have so many children, you're not even going to be able to count them. You're not even going to know all their names. It's going to be like looking in the sky or walking on the beach and trying to count the grains of sand. But the lie was and the deception was that that ability... That physical, adults, that physical ability, the probability, the hope, the dream, the plan, all of it was buried away inside of a mental tomb and an emotional tomb that it wasn't going to happen. And you know what? God wanted them to know you're not only going to have one baby, but he wanted them to see even before it happened This is not dead. I am not the God of the dead, but I'm the God of the living. And he said this to them. He said, there's literally nations upon nations inside of your body right now. And I got to watch out because I know where this truck is going. And I've got to tell you. That inside of you, this day, this Easter, that you probably were not even going to come possibly because you thought you had to work or you're going to be out of town God sent you here just like he whispered in my heart over a month ago to tell you that it is not really dead it may have been laying there for 30 years or 3,000 years who knows but it's time for resurrection God is not the God of the dead but he's the God of the living in fact Jesus said in the 14th chapter of John he said because I live you are gonna live also let me just tell you something folks this is not pertaining just to our lives when we take our last breath and we're talking about immortality jesus said and jesus meant equally that because i'm living right now and i'm operating in the kingdom life so can will are you You're going to do it. You're going to do it. Because I live, you're going to live also. If it were not so, he said, you're going to even see things at an abundant level. I'm the God of abundance. You are to love abundantly because I loved you abundantly. I loved you abundantly on the cross. I loved you abundantly in the grave. I'm loving you abundantly right now while you're sitting inside this church. He said, and because I love you abundantly, you're going to live abundantly, and you're going to love abundantly. He said, I too am not the God of the dead, but I'm the God of the living. So see, we got sitting in this church right now, we got all kind of people. That you thought it was gone, you were happy with just saying that was a bad part of my life. That was something that it came and it, it went, or I missed it. Or one of my favorite deceptions, it must not have been God's will. Let me say it again. Jesus said, because I live, you will live also. You are not living this life right now today inside of this church because God needs another human being to walk around, to eat, to go to restaurants, to go on vacation, to buy things, to do things, to enjoy phones, to enjoy TV, to enjoy... God has left you here in spite of it all, in spite of what's inside of the grave of your life. He's left you here because... He knows because He's living, you got to live too. And He's going to resurrect something in the life of every person that will allow God to be true and every man a liar. Today, He will do it. He'll do it. Now, there's four areas. There's four areas. There's more than that. But there are four areas today that God wants me to make sure that you understand. That it's time for resurrection. And this is a sore subject right here. Because we've got people right here sitting around you. That have survived divorce. Have survived sexual abuse at work. Or maybe even at home. Have survived mental, emotional torment at work somewhere. We've got many forms of relationships that are represented in this place alone. Not in other churches am I talking about. I'm talking about you here. And I want you to know this. Those relationships that were uncalled for, those relationships that you really wished you could forget, but you can't. I've got one I wish I could forget, but I'm a human and I can't. But I've got to come to the place, and I have come to the place, or I couldn't really preach this part today. I've got to come to a place I've got to realize that those relationships that are holding me back because of what they put me through and what they did to me, they're holding me back in a grave state of mind and I can't really move on because the hurt is so deep. The turmoil is so deep. The embarrassment is so deep. And I can't do a thing about it, but just sit here and walk and look at it every now and then and shake my head and cry. It's in that grave right there. I know the grave. I've got the the headstone memorized, the date of when it happened. I'm talking to people in this place right now. And don't you be afraid to hear the, the Spirit of the Lord with what He's telling you in your heart right now. But God want you to know because the grave is empty that Jesus conquered every form of death including sour, unnecessary I was minding my own business relationships and you too can live in victory starting from this day forward. You can do it. Jesus said this right here. He said For this my son was dead, giving a parable about a prodigal on a, a, a relationship because this my son was dead and is alive again. Talking about the father of the son. He was lost and he is found. And they, the father and son, began to be married. You know that, you know that story. Here's the bottom line on that story today and what it means to you and Easter Sunday. That they're May not be joy like you're thinking about concerning that particular relationship. But when you resurrect it, you've got to do that. You've got to resurrect it because the graveyard is at your house, you see. It's buried where you live at. You've got to walk by it and look at the wielded flowers every day. You are the one that has to read the obituary. The the graveyard is at your house. And so it might not be that it's going to be hunky-dory and it's going to be good. But what it will mean, that if you will allow Jesus to give you that same victory that he had and he has today and he willfully gave it to you, that... You can walk in victory and it no longer will hold you hostage and you can step on top of it instead of bearing it away, being confined and being strapped to it. You don't have to do it anymore. There's another area. So everybody's suffering in the area of relationship, and I am sorry as I can be, but I'm better now. You'll understand one day. I don't think things should be off in the house of God. Amen? No, sir. If they got to be right in the U.S. military, if it's got to be straight, it needs to be straight in God's house and the cross of all things. So that was bothering me. It might not bothering you, but it was bothering me. That's where my Savior hung. I just got to have it. It's got to be right today. The, the other area is in the church. Now, I want to tell you about this. In fact, why don't you just walk up here not all of you, just 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 walk up here with me. My friends upstairs are helping me out, so I got a little bit more freedom today. I feel taller than I've ever felt in my life. I used to couldn't clear this screen right here. I mean, I used to could. I can clear it today. I'm growing. I'm growing. And this is, this is, this is the, the problem, church. And this is, this is driving camera people crazy. But see, there's another area where we've got to have resurrection that's inside of the tomb. And that is in the church. I want you to read this scripture with me. I want you to read the whole thing with me. And to the angel of the church in Sardis write, these things says he who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know your works. That you have a name, that you are, say that, alive, but you are what? You are dead. Now let me stop for a second here. Jesus wasn't telling them off like he was ticked off with them and like they had really, really, royally messed up. This is not what he was doing. He was like in the other six churches. He was giving them warnings but he was also giving them instructions on what needed to be taken care of and he said you got a name that you were alive every one of us that attend this church or a church somewhere if you have nailed at the cross and you call yourself a christian then you have a name it's called christian christian you've got a name that name is just not saying i'm saved or i'm on my way to heaven but you know what that name is saying that you never hear and it doesn't spell this it's saying that i am no longer dead in my in my way but i'm alive in christ that name christian means That I'm alive and I'll never die because I'm going to a place called heaven. He's made a place for me. And so when you say I am a Christian, you are really saying, listen, it might be death for you every day that you live, but I'm really alive. I'm alive by Jesus Christ, through Jesus Christ, and I'm living in Jesus Christ. And so this is what Jesus was saying. You wear that name. You are called by that name. In fact, the people you associate with, you all call yourselves Christians. He said, but you're really not alive. You're not alive. You are dead. And this is what he told them to do. Be watchful. Be watchful. He said, and then strengthen the things. That means they become weak. And they're not working anymore. They're not doing right. And here's where I got to preach for a minute. He said, You've got to strengthen these things because, see, what we've done over time, if you've been a believer for, we just kind of put it all right here. We've, we've put it in the tomb, you see. And we're, we're dead. We go to church. We tell people we're doing it all. We give. We, we pray. You know, we, we help. We do all these things. But we really look like death on two feet, spiritually speaking. And this is what the Lord wants us to know. It's time for the people who are called Christians that say, I'm life. I represent the living because God is not the God of the dead. I represent a live group of people. He said it's time for you to strengthen what you got left. If you can still walk, you need to be walking for Jesus, passing out tracts. If you can still sing, you need to have your ear end up here on this stage. You need to be singing because we're supposed to have a hundred people up here. So if you are a Christian, you're supposed to be alive in Christ. If you have two hands, you need to be serving. Don't any visitors here, don't get mad because I said rump. You probably texted somebody something worse than that this week, amen. Or right before you got out of the car in the parking lot. If you've got two hands, you need to be loving, serving. If you've got computer skills or camera skills or Lighting skills or you used to be in theater or maybe when you were in school or in school. There's stuff if you go to this church or want to come to this church. There are things that you need to be doing are with the street ministry or gym ministry that's next week there are things he said the church, the people that are alive are occupying until I come that's what we're supposed to do and see because the world has got all this stuff going on to keep us all busy and jacked up and strung out that's crept into the church and we're doing the same thing we just squeeze in a little bit of religion if we can, we still call ourselves Christian but what's really happening in the eyes of God, we've allowed Satan to fool us to call ourselves Christians and we've just tucked away the life of Christian in the grave and it's dead. And it's time for resurrection. Say that with me. It's time for resurrection. He said this, and you better be watching the news. Sometime you need to be watching the news, the only news. Sometime the part, the, the small little tent that tells you about current affairs, and I don't mean what's happening in Washington. I'm talking about where people that have been at bitter ends for centuries and decades are finally friends, and people are launching rockets and making bombs and and all this stuff behind the scenes and all this tracking I told you about. All of the things to get ready that is ready for the return of Jesus Christ to take his bride away and the Antichrist to step onto the scene. Listen to me. You need to hear. He that hath an ear, he needs to hear is what he told the churches. And I'm telling you this morning, the church has to wake up. The church has to be revived. It's got to be resuscitated. It's time for resurrection. Don't feel good because you call yourself a Christian because just calling yourself a Christian is not helping the cause of Christ. If you are a real Christian and you are living in Christ, Christ is living in you and out of you and through you, and somebody besides you knows that. You don't have an excuse to be sorry. I'm talking today about a man who suffered more in 30 seconds on a cross than you will times a million in your life. Amen, Opie. Amen, preacher. You're telling the truth. It's hurting me. I wanted to hear how to go out and have a better week next week. But you're telling me the truth this morning. I'm telling you. If Jesus comes back today, I will not stand before him guilty because I did not preach the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. On Easter Sunday and every other Sunday, we got to be resurrected. Not everybody's going to do it. Everybody's happy because the grave is a very convenient thing for them. They've told themselves I hear so many excuses, and that's all there are. I hear so many excuses. It makes me sick to my stomach. And and, and I talked to these pastors on Thursday, talked about how people they had used to be on fire for God, just kind of just settled in and just, like their purpose is just to arrive at death safely. That's out of a book, by the way. No, you are supposed to be pitching a fit for Jesus until You take your last breath. It's time for the church to be resurrected. The gifts and calling of God are without repentance. We have no excuse. We don't have a leg to stand on. If Jesus would still be in the grave, if those grave clothes would still be over there in Israel, Embodied in a tomb. I really couldn't be preaching this today. But because Jesus walked out victoriously. The church is supposed to live every day of its life. Walking in the same victory that Jesus has. Every day. Every day. Every day. And not only that. Jesus wants us to have resurrection. In our purpose, everybody in here, the youngest baby, my sweet little grandboy boy, and them pretty suspenders, he's got a purpose. The youngest one. The babies that's in here that hadn't been born yet. Hit your wife and say, are you pregnant? I done told you about Abraham and Sarah. Uh, you know what, God, this, this is not even part of this. But, Lord, if people are not willing to get busy for you, would you cause them to conceive again? Oh, my word. You know what? We just haven't had an abundance of workers to sign up. God, if people won't get busy for you, God, will you open that barren womb again? And I can see the husband's telling the wife, oh, we're just going to be friends from here on out. you got a purpose, you see. Everybody's got a purpose. You, 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 are, you have an appointment with death. It's appointed unto man wants to die. But until that day, you have a purpose. This is what God said. He said, And shall put my spirit, in you, and you shall live. See, when 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 you got saved, the Spirit of God walked into your life. He said, "And I shall place you in your own land. You've got a land. You've got a purpose. Then shall you know that I, the Lord, have spoken it, and I've performed it." Now, I want to tell you this. Let me just go ahead and read um, Revelation. I think it's chapter 1. Can you put that on the screen? I, I just want to get to that. Maybe it ain't Revelation 1, maybe it's 2. I don't know. There's a light in my eyes, and I'm hot. So let me just tell you this. You've already seen this in a song, and I'm sorry. I am messed up today, not y'all. Okay, God told John to tell this to the people. He said, he said, I'm giving you this to show unto his servants the things which must shortly come to pass. And he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant. And I don't know if I'm going to get to the verse. Um who bear record of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ, and of all things that He saw, And then he went on, I, I, I don't have time to read all of it to you, but let me tell you this. In the song that you saw just a few minutes ago, when Jesus, when Jesus went into the grave, you see, he went in, and all of you that think, well, I don't have a purpose, I I can't do it anymore, or I can't do something anymore, or I I haven't I'm not even a Christian, man. I'm not even a believer. I don't I just did this because people go to church on Easter. He said, Listen to me. I want to tell you something, and I want to tell all of you this. When Jesus walked into the grave, see, Satan thought that he was really gonna nail down this this thing of death, not just the physical death, but he thought that by killing Jesus, that it would also be able to take the life out of everything that pertains to you, even down to the purpose while you were made or why you were made. Well, see, he, he, he forgot one thing. He, he didn't see this. He didn't see it coming because when Jesus went into the grave, it looked like that Jesus was walking into the grave and he was being put into the grave empty-handed. But see, the Bible says, you know, when Jesus come out of the grave, he didn't come out empty-handed. He came out with the keys, you see. He came out with the keys. Satan thought he was going to put them holes in Jesus' hand. And they were going to hurt. I think God allowed Satan to put them holes in the hands of Jesus so they could serve as a key ring to hold the the, the key of death in one hand on the ring and the one to hell on the other. And let me tell you something. Every person with a purpose in here today, you need to know this. And that's everybody. That it doesn't matter if you feel like your life is a living hell or Everything around you has died, and there's no way—not in this day. I, I'm not even really a good person, Opie. I don't go to church. I don't. I, I don't pay my tithes. I, I don't even really. I don't even pray. I don't even pray over my food. Let me tell you something. When Jesus walked out of that grave, he came out with a lot of things. But the two things that I want you to know he came out with is with two keys called death and hell, and not just the bottomless pit, and not just the end of your life, hell. Jesus came out of that grave with these keys because he knew that on Sunday, the 21st of April, in the year of 2019, there would be people sitting inside of Multitudes Church that has said, it's all over with, and it'll never live again. You have said that... And you've even thought about taking your life. It's been so much hell. It's been horrible. But Jesus wants you to know it don't have to be that way because he has the key to a life that feels like it's nothing but hell. He's got a key to something that you've written off and you said it will never live again. I don't want it to live again. It can't live again. It's too late. You don't have to live any longer like that. This is why we celebrate Easter. Not because it's the spring of the year and things are pretty again. We celebrate Easter because there's so much victory that's associated with the conquering grave of Jesus Christ. And that includes the daily life that you live. See, it's not over. It is not over. God's speaking to people in this place right now. He's talking to you. You say, I'm not, Opie, I don't know. I just, I'd be embarrassed. I've got a track record. People know me like crazy. They know what I've done. They know what I'm known for. And This is what you've got to do. You've got to stand on the head of that stuff. Because Jesus started your life when he breathed into you. And he will be there the last day of your life. The Bible says he's the Alpha and he's the Omega. He that has begun a good work in you. He will be faithful. You, hallelujah, thank you, Holy Ghost. You need to quit putting all the stock in what you have done or what you cannot do. And you need to put all your faith in the cross and the empty grave of Jesus Christ and what He's done and what He wants to do through you. You can't pull it off. You can't roll back time. You can't do a thing about it. But I tell you what you can do. You can leave this church walking in the faith and the assurance that He gives us that He's no longer there and you don't have to live there. You can live in victory. I don't care how bad it was. You can live in victory. I'm going to ask you to close your eyes. Close your eyes all over this place. The Bible says in Psalm 33 that the Lord... He's the one that spares our lives. He's the one that takes care of us. He'll see us through to the end. God, I love you and I thank you so much that I can call your name in prayer. I thank you today that you have the keys. I thank you today, Lord, that people can walk out of this church, everything about them completely resurrected. I thank you, Lord, because you and you alone are the victor. You conquered it all. You won it all. And you are it all, Lord. And I'm asking you that you would show yourself strong. Help people to know that you are for them and not against them. That you are right on time, Lord. And you sent them here today instead of somewhere else. Because you had to tell them something. So, God be glorified, and all that you do will give you praise and honor and glory because you are our victory.